Good evening and welcome to the Online Warriors podcast. We're back. It's been a while, uh, but we got the same crew here. Uh, as always, I'm Illegal86 and I'm joined by the ever so lovely Nerd Bomber. So glad to be back. And Tactic One. Happy March, folks. I should say Tactic One, equally lovely. Uh, I, I didn't give you any sort of like salutation before your name, but you guys are both equally lovely. It is March, month three of 2019. Daylight Lots. savings time. If you're you in an area that does daylight savings time. Are there areas that don't do daylight savings time? Yes. Yeah, I think there are some states. I know Arizona doesn't do it. Oh, you know what? That's right. I've never heard anywhere besides Arizona, but yeah, I remember, I think Arizona, like when you drive into Arizona, it's like on their sign. Like, welcome to Arizona. We don't do daylight savings. I implore them. Implore I mean, them. yes. Are are you? Let's Applied. talk about this. Um, are we are we uh, on board with daylight savings time? Are we off board with daylight savings time? I've been seeing a lot of complaints. I have complicated feelings about it. So I don't like the shift back and forth. But if we had to do a specific time for the rest of time, I would do daylight savings time because, like, it technically started like we're in daylight savings time. So I would do it this way, where you have the extra like light hours at night. I like that. Agreed. It's harder to wake up in the morning, but at the same time, then you can actually get home from work and get work done outside, which is lovely. See, I never thought of it that way. So, so yeah. So if we were to just if we were to give up daylight savings time as a practice, we'd have to pick one. And I, I agree with you. I would definitely pick this one because just driving home while it's light out is it gives me life. At the end of a long maybe hard, maybe easy day. Yeah, you feel like your whole day was kind of wasted inside. And, and granted, not a lot of people want to really be outside in the cold. But, I mean, daylight, it, it makes it feel like your whole day wasn't stuck in, in an office or in the indoors and gives you some kind of, exactly, some life, which is great. Well, and, and I've been seeing a lot of people, like I said, there's a lot of, like, Twitter hot takes. Daylight savings is, like, a perfect thing for, like, a Twitter hot take of, like, Daylight savings is so dumb. Blah, 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 blah. However many characters you have now. But I also, when I read those, I'm like, people are just mad that they lost the hour. If people were gaining the hour, they would feel so much better about it, I bet. Because, I mean, for me, I feel way better after I gain the hour. But I will admit, losing the hour was, was terrible. I'm still not totally I mean, recovered. I feel like I, I had a large coffee from Tim Hortons. By the way, if you live in a region that has a Tim Hortons, it's roll up the rim season. And I don't have any luck, so good luck to you all. I can't believe that you would say that to me. You know you know that I'm not in a Tim Hortons region and that I wish I was. Roll up the rim season is especially hard for me. So I'm you know, I'm a little offended that you that you brought it up. I'm but, sorry. Uh, if it makes you feel any better, I have not won a single thing in probably two years. So So for uh, for the listeners out there that don't know what it is um, Tim Hortons A is a coffee shop that's really focused in like Canada and the Northeast and other states, um, and they have a roll up the rim where the rim of your coffee cup is like curled over, and you kind of like chew on it with your teeth, and then you roll it up, and they print under there if you won, you can win anything from like a free coffee to a free donut to a Jeep to like coffee for life or something crazy like that. And I have never won this year. 
It's like a more barbaric version of McDonald's Monopoly peel the sticker away. Right. You're just gnawing on the lid of the coffee to get it's it. It's so much more satisfying, though. <laughs> I haven't played Roll Up the Rim very much because, like, I wasn't a huge coffee drinker until I, I left the Tim Hortons zone. But I've played it a few times, and, like, I can confirm that I don't think I've ever won. And I doubt – I think I'd probably be, like, you nerd bomber if I was there. I would probably never win. I win like, almost 80% of the time. Someone we knew a few years ago won like a mountain bike. I don't remember who it was, but I remember somebody won a mountain bike. No, I was just getting that free coffee. So you're just stringing along coffees? Yeah. Roll up the rim season. I almost never buy coffee. (laughs) What's the, what are the statistics? Isn't it like one in five wins or something? Don't they give you a number? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I always stand behind of um, four really unlucky people. Every time I get in line, I kind of gauge it. But how long does that? How long does it go? I mean, doesn't don't they lose a bunch of money on that? No, a cup of coffee costs them nothing, and if they, so the the profit margins on coffee are insane, right? No one ever just gets a coffee, right? They get a coffee and a donut, or a coffee and a breakfast sandwich. So granted, they just lost a coffee for the free coffee they gave away, but they just got a sale of a breakfast sandwich. Well, but they but you're giving a mountain bike away to a guy also apparently. I'm oh. sure it all washes out. Yeah, they, they they're very profitable. I wouldn't be worried. Well, I am not in the Tim Hortons zone, so I have not been rolling up any rims, but I've gotten about 100,000 Snapchats of like, I won, or like, I lost, or happy roll up the rim, or sinks, sinks deeper and deeper into my heart. Um, But that's, is, this, is it always March that it happens? Or is it like cyclic in a non-regular way? I think they usually try to do it around St. Patrick's Day. I feel like I'm it's like, always, they somehow channel like the luck of the Irish as one of the promotions in all of the stores. I'm like quizzing you guys on, on Roll Up the Rim. And you're doing very well, too, answering all the questions in a way that I find satisfactory. Let's, uh, let's get into it, though. Let's, let's talk about what we've all been up to. And let's start with, uh, let's start with Nerd Bummer today. Ladies first. All right, so I think since the last time that we podcasted, um, I was playing Kingdom Hearts. I am no longer playing Kingdom Hearts, primarily because I beat Kingdom Hearts. Um, It was a really good game. I have lots of thoughts about the ending that I don't want to talk about because spoilers. Um, So that was fun. I put about like 55 hours into it. It was a good game. 10 out of 10 recommend. Um... And then the, I got back into deck building board games. Oh, hell yeah. We got into that. I've had um, the NHL, I forgot what the, the game is called, but it's like the Cryptozoic NHL deck building game. Um, and we were playing it over the weekend, and I was having a lot of fun. So then we were strolling through Barnes & Noble, and we saw another deck building game, which then I bought on Amazon because it was on sale. And it's called Shards of Infinity, so that should be coming Wednesday. But in the meantime, I downloaded, there's another deck building game called Star Realms. And I don't have the physical version, but I downloaded the app. And I've been plugging away at the campaign on the app, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. I almost bought Star Realms once, but I, I never did. I love deck builders. They were like probably my favorite board games ever. Um, I have the app for Race for the Galaxy on my computer, mm-hmm. which Race for the Galaxy is like 
I don't know how popular it is as deck builders go, but it's like the thing about it that's hard for people to swallow is that the symbology on the cards is like super intense. So it's one of those games where like if you pick up one of the cards, it looks like ancient Egyptian writing and like you have to like figure out what all these symbols mean and stuff. But once you get into it, it's so deck builders are so fluid and so fun and I just I love them so much. So I, I'll let you know how Shards of Infinity is once we get Please it. Please do. It, it should be in tomorrow, so I'm hoping we'll probably get a chance to play it this weekend, maybe, if we're lucky. I also ended up buying... I went on, like, a mini buying spree. I also bought... Um, shoot, what is it called? Disney's Villainous. So that should also be in on Wednesday. I have not played it, but I've opened the box and played with the pieces. And that sounds creepy, but it's true. <laughs> Are, are, it, it, are the pieces nice? Oh, yeah. It was, like, it was honestly super satisfying. Like, I'm not even a big Disney guy, but, like, yeah, you'll see. I don't want to spoil it for you. Um, but a, a friend of mine has it, and a, a friend of mine who's, like, a really big Disney person, um, and he, like, loves it, loves it, loves it, loves it, so. Well, that's, that's exciting, because this is a game, I wanted it for the last, like, year, year and a half. Whenever it came out, I remember looking at it and being like, dang, I want this. And then at the behest of my family and friends, um, I did not buy it for myself because people were like, oh, you, you always just like buy, like if it's something smaller, like if it's a sub $50 purchase, I usually don't have an haul, just like buy it if I really want it. Um, but I guess it was putting people in a lurch when it came to like birthday presents and Christmas presents, stuff like that. So I held off and then nobody got it for me. So I bought it myself finally. My uh, my birthday present to you, for those of you that don't know, which is all of you, none of you should know unless you're looking at my Amazon.com account, um, I purchased a birthday present for the Nerd Bomber when her birthday was, which was, <laughs> what, like two months ago now? Something like and, that. Um, yeah. And Amazon was like, well, first of all, they were like, it'll ship in like two weeks or something. And I was like, all right, well, it'll be late, but that's no big deal. And like, what, Nerd Bomber, no. And then in like two weeks... Amazon was like, hey, it's going to take a little bit longer. And essentially that's happened like a bunch of times. And now they're like, we don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to get it to you. We promise. <laughs> so uh, Nerd Bomber is probably going to be getting my birthday present in like June. It'll be like a half birthday present at this rate. It'll be exciting. But I totally know what you mean about like, like my brother. Incidentally, his birthday is today. Shout out to my brother who never listens to this podcast. Happy birthday, Eric. Um, he's the same exact way where if he wants something, and he's a huge board game person too, and if he wants a board game, he'll just go out irritating. So I, I feel for those people. Can I just say that's absolutely amazing what transpired with that gift, Illegal. Because I was going to get that gift until you had said, hey, is this a good gift I give you? So then I was just like, oh, I'll let you have it. And... Can you imagine if I was this many months oh, you'd be late? In the, yeah, you'd be in the doghouse. <laughs> Everything you'd, happens you'd be for in a the reason, doghouse. man. Yeah, what the, that I worked a, out perfectly for me. <laughs> I get a free pass. Because I was like, I was on the fence about doing it, and I was like, Tactic will have some insight. So I texted him, and he was like, yeah, man, that sounds good. Went to order it, and uh, yeah, now I'm locked in Amazon's you know, prison of never shipping this thing. Um, you probably hopefully when you get it, it, you like it. Well, now oh, yeah, I, I really I, want to know what this thing is. I'm, the suspense—it's killing me. Well, uh, 
if Tactic had gotten it for you, he'd be sleeping on the couch. So I'm happy to Two help. Two months later, still. <laughs> he'd have set up camp on that couch. He'd have like a his his nightstand there, his alarm clock, everything. So it's good that that's not happening. Um, Tactic, what have you been up to? So in the in the same veil of board games, um, I always implore physically going to stores. I mean, everyone buys everything online, but to see the products and go in there and handle it. So we've recently started becoming mall walkers to just kind of window shop and see some things and, and maybe get our steps in. Okay, there's a story behind this. And I have to, we're not like old people walking the mall. So apparently- I mean, you just said you were mall walkers. <laughs> like so, I'm just trying to tell you what it sounds like. So apparently to clear our good name, um, not that there's anything wrong with walking the mall, but the mall that we walk is pretty sad because there's like nothing in it. Um, but apparently some of the machines at the gym are very terrible for your back. And so I have a lumbar disc issue and I have sciatica, so I'm not allowed to lift weights or really do much sitting or anything at the gym at the moment while I'm going through physical therapy. So I can only walk and walking on a treadmill is insanely boring. So now we walk them all. Wow. That's. First of all, that's horrible. And second of all, I have to look up the machines at my gym because did I mention in this podcast how I hurt my back twice putting on socks? Maybe it's because I've been going to the gym and using the wrong machines. Anything. So if you if you guys are at all thinking about going to the gym and starting things up um, for back problems, uh, some of the biggest offenders are actually the ab machines because they put your spine in a like crumpled up position that is just ripe for having your disc bulge out the back. And also the leg press machine puts a lot of unnecessary load on your lower back. So also not great. I use the ab machine <laughs> and the every leg press single machine time. No, I haven't used the leg press in like in like at least a year but the ab machine is like an every time i go kind of situation because and here's can i explain why though can i absolve myself i used to do crunches like a you know like like working out before there were machines like in the olden days Mm -hmm. but then one day my girlfriend was like why is your back all like bruised when i do crunches my back bruises because it's like (laughs) on the hard ground so i can't win get a yoga either way my back's gonna be or, I mean, I think the answer is just don't do ab workouts. My physical therapist says um, planks. Dad bod's in right now. No, planks are the way if you really want a core workout. No, planks are apparently the best because it doesn't put your spine in a compromising position. So, fun physical fact for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, but here's, I mean, planks, though, in terms of, like, most boring exercises, plank has to be number one, right? You're just laying. You're just, and, and then plus you can't do that at the gym because then people are looking at you like, "What's that guy doing?" Just, he's just laying there. He's not doing anything. He's planking. I, I don't want. I don't want to. I'll think about it. I mean, I'd rather have that than a bulging sciatic disc or, or whatever it was he said. Um. Anyways, you're mall walking. Sorry, I that was a total sidetrack. So mall walking and Bards and Nobles is a great stop. You get to see books. You get to peruse board games. And uh, while well, Nerd Bomber found the two games that she really wanted, I got really excited about um, a different game called Hail Hydra, which seems to be a Marvel Marvel version of Secret Hitler. Have you ever played Secret Hitler? 
I love Secret Hitler so much. So now take Secret Hitler, and if you don't know what it is, it's pretty much you against. Uh, there's a communist party and a non-communist party, and you have to fascist. Yes, <laughs> thank you, fascist, fascist party, and you have to uh, pretty much smell out the bad guys. And, it's like mafia if you've ever played that. It's like the same thing. Correct, and take a spin a Marvel spin on it. I'm all about it because I don't want to buy Secret Hitler. It's too offensive. Um, but if I could yell, you're a Hydra agent. That's acceptable. Now, are we talking? Are they like actual character, like Marvel characters? Yeah, in it, or it's just like it's oh, Marvel yeah. characters. It's got the Hydra logo. The graphics are really are enticing. So that that's kind of why I wanted to purchase that game. But Who's the big Hydra is it Red Skull? Is that the big Hydra guy? Yeah. Um, nice. but the Barnes and Noble prices are quite expensive, and really any board game price in general, unless you find an Am- a sweet Amazon sale. Am I right? Yep. So yeah. I've been on the lookout for that. And then in the other in the same vein, I too went on a bit of a shopping spree. Um if you guys recall my Bruin with Frank episodic adventures. Oh my god. I'm so ready. <laughs> so my first batch of beer completed and none of the CO two all of the CO two from uh the carbonation process leaked out of the out of the bottles. That's not true. You had like two or three that were super carbonated that we haven't tried. All right, fine. So, so it was Most really of good. Them leaked. To- so, total success. Well, let me let me end with advice. So, if you are gonna <laughs> gonna get into beer, I recommend the glass bottles with the rubber stops as opposed to the plastic bottles with the sealing caps because the rubber stops are supposedly going to make a better seal. I have them on order. I haven't received them yet. But I am excited to test them. So, are for your next brew is it just going to be like do the same thing, but don't different let the CO two out. Just yeah, same different thing, bottles. different bottles. Because the okay. the taste was good; it just lacked carbonation. I loved everything about the kit. So we're not adding Starburst yet. That's not we're not there yet. Not, you not at the moment. Okay, just keep me updated. I'm like um, I'll. I'll take the hit on this. Part of this is my bad because I was the one who bought the kit way back oh. when. And I wasn't sure if he would like to brew beer. So I didn't get the most expensive kit. There was like a $50 kit and then the $100 kit. And I was also getting him a bunch of other stuff. So I was like, side gift, let's go with the $50 kit with all the plastic. Not the best call. Oops. Well, the, I mean, the, 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 the brewing vet is good the kit was good the instructions were good it was literally just the final step everything else was perfect so don't don't beat yourself up well uh, i think i speak for all of us when i say we look forward to um tasting both the regular beer and the starburst beer whichever happens to come first sounds like the regular beer will come first um i'm ex- i'm interested in this hail hydra game um and board games in general. I'm, I'm happy to hear you guys are getting into board games. Um, not that you haven't ever been into board games, but like Barnes & Noble, it is a great place. I always go there at least once during the holidays and like just go into the board game section and just like buy a game for multiple people. It's just such a fun thing to do. Well, the thing um, that, that's really interesting is that Barnes & Noble, I feel like, has really embraced being the board game store now that like your Toys R Us... And a lot of, like, your big-name chains are more or less gone. Like, other than a local board game store, the only other place, like, the only national chain I can think of where I would consistently go for board games is Barnes & Noble. 
It's uh, Target would be another one that I would mention, but I, like Barnes and Noble has really cultivated like they have managed to shift away from books with the like advent of Amazon and stuff. Like they've been pretty quick on their feet, and I like I think they're going to be around for quite a while because they introduced this, the, all the board games and the toys and stuff, and then they also were like, let's put a cafe in here and like in order to be a viable bookstore, you can't just have books and be like, come buy books. You have to like, it has to be like a destination in some way. And I feel like that they do that pretty well, personally. Um, and speaking of books, um, since I finished Fahrenheit 451, we've gotten the green light to watch the movie. And oh, the Michael B. Jordan? Yeah, books way better. Movies just does, does not make sense. I mean, it made sense. They just changed a lot. All the good parts, pretty much. I did not hear anything about the movie. Exactly. Exactly. It wasn't bad. But especially if you're tactic coming right off reading the book. Like, I didn't... I haven't read the book in probably, like, five, ten years. So I didn't really remember all the details. So I thought it was interesting and, like, it was entertaining enough. But the book was definitely still bad. The ending was terrible. Yeah, the ending wasn't great. I mean, that's what you live for. You you live for the ending of any intense story, right? Well, and this is actually, this is a pretty good segue um, into my what are you up to Wednesday. Um, first of all, and we're not going to talk about it too much today, but something that has come and gone since our last episode is the Oscars. They happened. Um, if you haven't seen them, we're not going to talk about them. It's too late. You should already know by now what happened. Um, but I've been like kind of going through and I have watched a decent number of movies that were winners. Um, I saw Into the Spider-Verse finally, which so good. Um, that's not the time. one I want to talk about. Yeah, it was about time. I got lucky because they re-released it. I saw it in theaters and the theater experience was like very important for it. Um, that movie was great. Um, I also saw Bohemian Rhapsody. That was and good. It's, it was fine. But like it was long, right? Uh, it didn't drag too much. It was more just like, and and this is kind of what I was getting at. Is like you just talked about like you watched Fahrenheit four fifty one and you had just read the book, so like you saw all the inaccuracies and like where they changed stuff. Bohemian Rhapsody, if you haven't seen it, it's not. I'm not really going to spoil anything, but like they play very fast and loose with like the facts of like that band's history in a way that didn't I'll be honest it it upset me a little bit because like the movie itself like any scene that involves them performing is great the entire concert sequence at the end with Live Aid is like amazing so good Um, but like this whole like manufactured drama of like Freddie is leaving the band for a solo deal and like oh yeah his friend was so annoying well so like there were a couple of subplots that like either didn't happen at all or the timeline of all the events was shifted around so they could manufacture a dramatic like second act that would like get the band back together for one kick-ass show at Live Aid, which like they didn't need to do that. Like what bothered me was that they felt like they needed to create this buildup to Live Aid to like make it more powerful when in fact the Live Aid concert was like already amazing and they didn't have to do that. Um, yeah, I wrote a whole review about Bohemian Rhapsody. Or no, I didn't actually. I wrote like a mini review about it. Um, there were parts that were good, parts that were bad. Um, as like best picture nominees go, I'm very glad it did not win. 
I also didn't think Rami Malek was super amazing. So like, I don't know why he won. Um, so yeah, I've been, I've been watching a lot of movies. Um, I have not gone on a shopping spree per se, but I did. I do feel like it's important that I bring up a recent purchase of mine. This past weekend, I went to a flea market uh, hoping to buy fleas. And guess what? Flea markets don't have fleas, first Bastards. of all. Which, I, yeah, I've been misled for whatever, 26 years at this point. Um, but what I did buy, I bought my first ever comic book. And in fact, I bought three of them. Ooh, because I was at a flea get? market. Um, so I don't have them in front of me, so I don't have, I can't get the title in like perfectly. Um, they're Avengers comics, which like I know if you're a comic book purist out there, you're, you're going to be upset with me because I bought the Avengers comics just because, you know, I like the Marvel movies and like they're Avengers. But you know what? Like, I, I am what I am. Um, what was frustrating about it? So I bought three comics for three dollars. So that's a dollar each. But I bought, I bought them specifically because they were a limited series. Cause I was like, I don't want to get like super into like buying a million comics. It'd be cool to just like have a, a limited set that I can have. Mm-hmm. It was a four comic set issues one, two, three, and four. And the flea market had one, two, and four. So now I have to go find three somewhere. I don't know where I'm, I, where I'm going to find it. And then the other thing about comics and like my first comic purchase is that like, now, granted, I did buy them at a flea market, but, like, they still come in, like, the plastic sleeves, and they're in, like, supposedly, like, mint condition. Mm-hmm. I mean, not mint condition, but, like, they're, like, trying to keep them nice and stuff. So I don't even know if I should take these things out of the sleeves and read them. If they're mint condition, I would look up to see um, how valuable those comics are. If they're not I mean, valuable, then go for it and read them, because that's what books are for. But if they're not... Or if they are valuable, then don't touch those. I mean, I got them for for a dollar each, so I'd be super shocked if they were um, if they were worth anything. I am gonna look it up right now because I think I might remember what they're called. It's like it's like Terminatrix Initiative or something. It's got like a really interesting title. Um, the Terminatrix Objective. Is what they're called. 1993. These came out in 1993, which is a year after I was born. Which is kind of another reason that I bought them. I was like, wow, these are these are some old boys. Um, yeah, they're on sale for like a dollar seventy. So I got oh, yeah, a deal. I got a deal, but uh, well, it means it'll be easy to get the the third one, I guess. So yeah, so I guess I'll, I'll be. These aren't reading. like the trade volumes, right? These are like the actual. Weekly this is, installment. Yeah, right? this is in month. In this case, I think it's monthly. But yeah, it's just, it's just like a little. It's not like, I don't know what trade. I don't know what you mean by that. But like, it's just, it just looks like a comic book. Like, imagine a comic book. That's what I got. So the trade paperbacks, and when I I got into reading comic books a lot, it was it probably like two years ago? Tactic. Something like that. Um, and I started by reading some of the the weekly installments and then i found i wanted to get the full story i wanted like full runs from a character because i was reading more dc stuff like the flash green arrow stuff like that um and so the trade paperbacks are where they take all of the like weekly or monthly issues and they reprint them in a single book or sometimes they'll break it up into like 10 because there's so many 
weekly to monthly issues. So, yeah, yeah. So that, that's like when they like like Civil War is an example. Well, that's, right. that's, more, that's kind of more like graphic graphic novel territory. I think we're talking about like kind of the same thing. But well, no, because the so for example, like the Flash, the New Fifty Two run came out as like the weekly installments in the small comic books, and then they just took all of those and basically turned them into a novel, more or less, by smushing them all together. Because all of the, them do follow like a, a plot line through. So all of your like weekly weekly stories have like an undercurrent or under undercurrent of the yeah yes words i mean yeah that sounds pretty good what you just described um if you if you get into reading comics i can totally um give you some good ones good suggestions the library is pretty good also a good place to find them i would stick to dc i mean this might be an unpopular opinion to some but I feel that DC has always done the cartoon slash comic book side of it better, and Marvel has has done the live action significantly better. Ironically, I'm going to come out of left field, and I know you did not probably brace yourself for a comic book discussion right now, but 10 out of 10 recommend um, looking up the Fable series of comics. Super good, not superheroes. Amazing. Is that like the same as the video game? Or is that different? Uh, not Fable, like the uh, good, good or evil Microsoft game. But if you ever played The Wolf Among Us, which was a Telltale game, R.I.P. Telltale, um, based off the comics. So they basically take all of the fables that you know, grew up with in childhood, and all of the fables have to adapt and adjust to living in the human reality and human world. Like the big mm. bad wolf and the and the three little pigs yeah. type stuff. It, it it's a very it's you, it sounds kind of cheesy on the surface, but there's a lot of dark themes. It's just super interesting. Ariel's a stripper. Ariel isn't like the Little Mermaid. Yeah. Is the Little Mermaid a f- fable? I did not know that. I also look up these comics. Um, That'll get. See, I think if I was gonna, I, I think if I was gonna get into comics, mm. I would be like a. I'd probably be a Marvel boy, just because I have a point of reference with like all the movies and stuff. But I would also probably be a Batman boy. So maybe Batman's a good starting point. Um, as Marvel goes, though, let's talk about Captain Marvel. Um, you guys saw it. I saw it. Right? Yeah. Correct. Um, do you guys want? Do you want me to give my thoughts first, or? Do you, one of you guys want to go first? Well, first we I have, have to say it. Spoilers will follow, folks. Brace yourselves. Okay, so we're going to spoil stuff. I wasn't sure if we were or not. Um, guys, I thought it was, like, fine. That's kind of what I wasn't I was blown like. away. I wasn't blown away by it. And, like, it's, it's like, going crazy at the box office. Everyone's like, this is so... It's not as good as Black Panther. It's not as good as Avengers Infinity War. It's... It's indicative to me of a problem with the Marvel movies. And I think we've talked about this before, where, like, they're beating us to death with these movies and they're all the same. Um, If you had asked me to sit down and, like, write a general plot of events for how this movie would go, I feel like I would have gotten, like, half of it right. Because it's just the same thing over and over again. I can't imagine if you... Yeah, I can't imagine if you actually read the comics, you would definitely not be interested at this point. Because you know, like, the only reason I didn't know exactly what was going to happen the whole time is because I'd never read the comics. So I don't know, like, I don't know who the Kree are, I don't know who the Scrolls are. 
I had to find that stuff out. But Not like, knowing it though, I kind of read the plot on the wall. Like it, yeah. it wasn't that much of a surprise. It was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> so, so the, the the major like second act like turning point where, and I, I even when even though you said spoilers, I'm I'm frightened of saying more than that. But like, sure, it was like you could argue that it was kind of unexpected, but it was also like with this whole like her not having a, a functioning memory and stuff, you kind of had to figure someone was pulling the wool over someone's eyes. So like is that not going to be Jude Law? Jude Law's got that kind of thing going for him of like, he seems like he could pull the wool over someone's eyes. So yeah, like I, I don't know. It's all very predictable. Captain Marvel is always going to win. No one's going to die. The most interesting part of it was the Nick Fury stuff. I thought. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. I had, uh, I had to sit there and follow the, uh, the life of the cube because I couldn't, I thought that it started in, we'll call it Thor's basement, but apparently it started in the Avengers Space. building. Well, no, the Avengers building, and then Loki grabbed it, and then. Oh yeah. So. It's been all over the place. Um, my that my was thoughts a, on the movie. Yeah. Sorry, not to. No, no, go ahead. There was like a small pause. Um. So overall. I actually really enjoyed the movie, and I would say I would agree with you that it's super predictable. But I'm getting to the point where every single superhero movie is. There's not a single one where I can't tell you that the superhero at the end is going to be triumphant. There might be a small portion of loss somewhere along the way, whether it's loss of a mentor or loss of someone you love or an eye. Yeah, there's always some kind of loss, but ultimately the superhero is victorious. And the only one that's really challenging that status quo at the moment is Infinity War. And even that, like, we know what's going to happen. We have the next Spider-Man on its way. Yeah, so... I, and, I, so I, t- I totally agree with you, first first of all. Like, when you say that every superhero movie is like that, I totally agree. The, the thing to me is that, like, 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 Captain Marvel's checking boxes. It's an MCU movie, which at this point, MCU movies that are not Avengers movies are just checking boxes. And it was great at checking the boxes. It checked all the boxes. It checked them hard and well, but it was checking boxes. So I would problem. argue. So for me, and I guess maybe this is just a a difference because I'm a girl and I hate playing that card, and I hate that that's like a card that is revolving around this movie. But I watch everybody geek out over Iron Man. Same shtick. I watched everyone geek out, and like that was before the the genre. Yeah, Iron had, Man was more of the original. But that was it was the, the first one. Had, I understand that, but every superhero movie, even before Iron Man, that was the original of the MCU. But it wasn't the first superhero movie ever. Everyone geeked out over Captain America. Everyone geeked out over Thor. It's the same movie. I'm just geeking out now because I have someone who I can relate to a little bit more. Like she was sassy and sarcastic. See, but I everyone geeked, that. geeked out about Wonder Woman. Everyone loved Wonder Woman. This... Right, but why are you telling me that there can only be one woman superhero thing that I can geek out over? No one's saying that. No, I, I understand, but like, it's still it's novel to me. So I enjoy it because, yeah, it's the same shtick, but it's the same shtick that I can relate to a little bit better. I, I do I agree mean, that Wonder Woman did it better. Yeah. I think Wonder Woman as a whole. I think the the character is fleshed out. The character was fallible even though she was um super powerful like captain Amer- or captain marvel is i think that's where they fell on this movie i don't think it was had anything to do with who the character was i think it was more 
they didn't flesh out the aura. I completely well agree. I completely agree with that. So like they that was another one of my big problems is that sure they it's an or, quote unquote origin story and that they show what the origin of her powers were, but then they don't go on at all to like explain them. And then there's that whole sequence where she's like got this chip in her head and we're all like what is that chip there and then she just blows it up and then suddenly she's superman and no one can kill her well, she can that, fly around in space that like, i think made sense to me and I, I could i read that one as soon as she went and talked to the ai the super powerful intelligence or whatever it was the first time that was something they put on her to cap her powers and as soon as she was able to overcome their influence and was able to just destroy it and not rely on it by thinking that she needed someone else to give her strength she was able to then tap into her raw strength because they were capping her I, I agree with that that point there because that to me was what foreshadowed that they were the bad guys right like I read that as soon as as soon as they said that the power could be taken away I immediately it clicked in my head I was like this thing is actually capping her power and she can't remember anything because they put this on her to cap her and nobody else seem to have those same powers too they seemed unique like when she was fighting jude law he was tra- basically like he didn't have the same thing he had his little shieldy thing and the other guy had the wandy thing but they didn't have those same powers so to me that was pretty that was a big tell right away another thing i want to she- Another thing I want to point out is that notice that when she tapped into her full potential, she like blasted through spaceships, just took on entire fleets by herself, okay? I yeah. have I have a strange feeling when it comes to Avengers Infinity War, she's going to be a huge part in saving the day, but I think they're going to severely throttle her powers back. I feel like they have as a, as a dramatic like and this is why I don't like Superman. As a, as a dramatic character, someone who can go into space and destroy everything seemingly effortlessly is not interesting. Like, I, I, so something to clarify. I agree that the character is interesting. I agree that the single best parts of the movie are the part, like the part where they show her like getting hit with the baseball and falling off the rope and everything. And then the, all the parts where she gets back up and they like show that montage had to be the best part. Well, I don't, like, I don't think you're following what I'm saying. I'm thinking that, I'm saying that they showed her way too powerful early on. They, I think they showed all the cards to her too soon. So now they're going to have to throttle her back, and it's not going to be there's going to not going to be continuity there in, in the. See, t- I feel like, line. in a way, and I'm part of me is excited for the next Avengers movie. Part of me is not because I feel like Thanos continually gets saved by Dusa Machina. And Mm -hmm. even, like, the whole thing where they had him, and then um, Star-Lord just needed to kill him, and then everything just fell apart. Like, to me, I don't even understand why Thanos is such this big, bad, powerful thing that they couldn't defeat, because they literally almost did. And it wasn't, like, some superpower that let them defeat him, almost. It was basically just, like, being cunning and tying him up. So I don't understand why he was this, like, so difficult being to defeat. And I don't think... I feel like in order for them to finally, like, end cap this, like, yeah, he's got the stones now, so he can do whatever the heck he wants. So I feel like she'll have to overcome that, but ultimately it'll be, like, another yay teamwork moment. I mean, I think she's going to be... I, lo- I liked the, the mid credit scene. 
Um, I thought that was a, a pretty good tie-in. And, like, I think she is going to be the next, like, with, with Steve Rogers leaving and Iron Man leaving, she's going to be the next, like, Steve Rogers. That's she's going to be the cool. next, like, I'm I'm the leader of the Avengers. I, I think she should be. I love that because she seemed... So for someone who was, like, somewhat righteous and, like, strove to do good... Um, she also seemed like again part of why I liked her. She was a sarcastic asshole kind of. She wasn't just like this goody goody two shoes like Captain America. And I cannot wait for him to be gone. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just Captain, I'm done. Captain America has a like, he, and, and granted he has grown on me, but he has absolutely no sharp edges, and that just gets really old. <laughs> like too Captain righteous. Marvel. Yeah, Captain Marvel has sharp edges. She can be belligerent and like feisty and none of the things that Captain and America can, can we talk about when she showed up to her friend's house for the first time and she was wearing that the, those pair of jeans and that t-shirt that was just waist, waist length I was a fan right. I was a fan <laughs> okay um, yeah I, like it's this, this is tough for me because like I went to the movie knowing what to expect I got exactly what I what I expected. I was I was not excited for a lot of the time, and I chalked that up to not caring about the characters. And that is a problem born of the fact that this is her first movie. Like there there were parts of the movie where I was like, I care more about what happens to Nick Fury than about what happens to her. And that's because Nick Fury's had like a hundred movies. She hasn't had any movies yet. So as she gets more movies, I'm I expect the character to grow up on me. There um, also. The only, my, so my major complaint about the movie was that they, like, she's a new character and I understood, like you said, like, you're not going to be super attached because it's her origin story and you haven't really right. interacted with her. But I felt like they leaned too hard into trying to copy Wonder Woman on some things. Um, one of which was period piecing it. And I appreciated the 90s references because I was a 90s kid. But all the same, I couldn't help but feel like they leaned into it so hard because Wonder Woman was really successful in leaning into it being a period piece. And I know that it was an origin story that had to precede all of the Marvel Universe, but it just felt like they made it such a a, a cornerstone of the movie. Yeah, there were some references that I felt were shoehorned in. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I feel like if you would have gone back and done this movie a few years ago before Wonder Woman came out, you'd probably get something a little bit different. And I don't know if I like that. I I, I will say, like, I, I don't want to hate on this movie. And I'm to be clear, I, I'm not doing that. I wish very much that this movie had come out before Wonder Woman. Because DC as a franchise, I could I could really give a hoot. But like Marvel, I care deeply. So like I think it would have been cooler, first of all, for them to get a female protagonist sooner. And second of all, for, for them to be first to the party on this and to get a director like Patty Jenkins, who I think was a big part of the reason that Wonder Woman was as good as it was. Like, there were just some things about Captain Marvel. I like. I think in terms of like the message of female empowerment, it did as good a job, if not a better job. But there were other aspects of the production of it that fell short of what Wonder Woman achieved. In a way, um, I feel like that also comes down to just the difference between DC and Marvel. And Marvel is always this, like, lighter-toned, different being. Like, it it doesn't take itself too seriously. And I feel like that 
the fact that DC does worked in Wonder Woman's favor because absolutely true. 100% even true. though there were definitely some like funny moments they were smaller and it, it felt like there was more gravity to Wonder Woman than there was in any Marvel movie I've seen in the last few years one of the things about Captain Marvel well not Captain Marvel the things about Marvel movies being repetitive that drive me up the wall there's two things that come to mind one is is a uh, one sentence characterization like the most broad strokes of like trying to subtly explain who a character is in one sentence because that's all these movies have time for. And the other thing is Marvel humor, which at this point is like, first of all, it's never gut-bustingly funny because it can't be. Um, And second of all, I feel like it always comes at these certain moments right where you expect it to come, which is like part of what makes it not funny. And like, it's all the same brand of humor. It's all like situational family humor and like, it makes me want one of two things. One, a Deadpool movie, a Deadpool-ish movie that like goes a little more south with the humor. Or two, a movie that, like you said, takes itself a lot more seriously and doesn't feel the need to like make these little quippy jokes. I, I don't know. It just that's one of the things that that bothers me. So overall, I'd give it personally a seven out of ten. I thought it was a great movie. And the only reason I'm not giving it an 8 or a 9 is just purely because of the character development. Like you said, it they were very quick with one-sentence characterization of each character and then just moved on. You didn't get the opportunity to fall for these characters yet. Whereas, say, right. like Iron Man had like three movies, you know, three specific Iron Man movies. So it just would, it seemed rushed. That was my only take. I would give it a 6. and. Really? Yes, and I, the reason for that has very little to do with like Captain Marvel as an entity. It has to do with the fact that the the returns on Marvel movies are just diminishing. It's just going to come with the territory at this point. Yeah, that's but another that reason. seems like an unfair characterization. You have to go in assuming, like, just as it's a standalone movie, you have to, it's, or else you're you're biased. I mean, I suppose that's true. If this movie had come out five years ago. I would give it an eight or a nine, but but I just like I don't know. Like there are elements of it that are new, and those parts were the best parts. Then there are a bunch of elements that are not remotely new, and not remotely inventive, and it's hard for me to love those things. Nerd bomber. I think I would probably give it an eight because I'm tired of the Marvel formula. But if I took this movie in a vacuum and this was one of the first Marvel movies I saw, I would probably be drawn into the Marvel Universe by this movie. If nothing more than because of the cat. was hilarious. Loved the cat. I just need to bring up the cat. We haven't talked about the cat at all. All right, true. Cat brings it up to a seven and a half. We did need to mention Goose. That's true. Um, So Captain Marvel was a movie. Another movie that is a movie is Aladdin. We talked about the teaser trailer. It might have been the last episode, because, again, that was like a month ago. I think um, it was. A new trailer came out today, assuming it like the theatrical, whatever, the, the second trailer. Um, and you guys watched it, and I watched it, and it was better. I'll start by saying that. It definitely looks better. Can I just op- open up by saying, thank God they listened to me? It's 100% that they listened to me. They listened to this podcast, specifically? Yes. I 
was praying, and I, I don't pray. Actually, I didn't pray at all. Um, I was hoping that he was not Blue Genie the whole movie, and lo and behold, they did not make that last. Yeah. Any shot that had him not blue was, like, infinite. Because it looks like it's going to be, like, half and half. And any shot that he was not blue was infinitely better. Because even there are, some of the blue shots look better, but they still look a little uncanny valley. Like, I, I mean, yeah, my, my broad strokes, uh, like, review of this trailer is that it's definitely better. Jasmine has a good voice. Jafar is still a terrible actor. You just can't, you can't fire him at this point. You already filmed the movie. So what are you going to do? Um, and the genie looks better. My pretty much breaker make, at least if I'm going to see it or not, was the genie. And the fun point about it is that they do have a whole new world in there, which Nerd Bomber, you can guarantee I will be singing it for a week nonstop every morning, right when you wake up. Um, after seeing this movie, so you can look forward Wonderful. to that. I'm a morning person. She is not. Nerd Bomber, any additional thoughts? I mean, you guys pretty much covered it. I think it looks a lot better. I'm more excited for it now than I was when we saw the teaser, and it actually probably swayed me over to going to see it. I was on the fence, and like I love Aladdin and Disney, so I was probably just going to go see it anyway. But... It really looks like a whole new world. Haha. <laughs> Ha, ha. A, a, a it, fantastic point of view. What it looked like to me. Did you notice how much parkour was in it? So, <laughs> so, much, like, parkour. <laughs> so much parkour. Hardcore I was like, parkour. I was watching it. And I was like, was there that much hard hardcore parkour in the original Aladdin? Because like, like every scene, he's like parkouring on like an iceberg or like in the cave or like on a rooftop or like dude, he's parkouring like on the carpet somehow. Like he's just parkouring the whole time. I think. Aladdin was always very nimble. I just don't think we noticed it because it was a cartoon, so it was like kind of normal. And to see a real person doing crazy jumps and stuff seems different. Really pushing the hardcore, right? Parkour, I think. Um, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm open to it. I would probably watch a whole movie of parkour. I've watched YouTube videos of parkour and like wasted like 20 minutes. So, it's I guess like two hours isn't really a stretch. Um, we're we're running a little short on time because we're really waxing poetic, but we do have to talk about NFL free agency because a big deal just went down like half an hour before this started. It was reported to me by the Nerd Bomber. I am um, full of insider NFL sources. I'm just kidding. Please take it I, away. I found it on Twitter. Um, so Odell Beckham has been traded to the Cleveland Browns. Weird. So that means that the Cleveland Browns now have Baker Mayfield. They have Kareem Hunt. They have um, Nick Chubb. They have uh, OBJ, Jarvis Landry, and I'm missing somebody. They have another wide receiver. David Njoku is a tight end. Right. That's their defense. Um, Who is their third wide receiver? I'll look it up. Third wide receiver is not listed on the thing that I was looking at. They also have Duke Johnson, who kind of serves as a running back wide receiver when he's on the field. That's a pretty, like, I feel like that's a pretty decent offense. It's a huge stack. I'm very scared. I mean, mean, so the Bills play the Browns in Cleveland next year. And, like, I I wasn't sure how we were going to do before now. Now I'm I'm sure that we will lose. Well, <laughs> like, to be fair, like I said, they didn't update their defense. 
the Bills have picked up some new pieces on the offensive line, and they have gotten new wide receivers. John Brown, who I was super high on going into the last season, and he actually, he was pretty good. Um, and Cole Beasley, who's kind of old, but okay. They also picked up Frank Gore, who is like a dinosaur in terms of football years. Yeah, but I like but his name. Hey, he's still fast, Frank Gore. He's, he's amazing. He's so productive still. Frank Gore is going to run for a thousand yards this season. He had, and then President. In terms so. of uh, yards <sighs> per carry, I think he was tied with, if not better than David Johnson. So who saw that coming? He has over four like every year. Mm-hmm. He's an ageless wonder, and I was like, is it like the smartest pickup by the Bills? No. Did I love it? Absolutely. Um, but you said something very interesting because I was just I was talking to another friend about this today, watching all the Bills signings. I remembered that you were high on John Brown. And I was like secondhand high on John Brown from you. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I was talking to a friend about the John Brown and Cole Beasley signings, which basically happened at the same time. The Bills are doing a great job, by the way, in like, they have like a, a set of weaknesses and those weaknesses begin with the offensive line and the wide receiver position. So they're doing a good job at plugging gaps. I have to give them that credit. But with regards to Cole Beasley and John Brown, I was talking to a friend. How old do you think John Brown and Cole Beasley are? Uh, I know Cole Beasley's pretty old. I think he's like 34, maybe. Right? You want me to tell you if you're right? Guess both first, because I'm going to tell you both. Price is right style. John Brown, I think, is 28. They're both... They're both... Cole Beasley will be 30 when the season starts, and John Brown's going to be 29. I thought John Brown... This is his third year in the NFL, or like fourth year or something. I thought he was... Like, 23. I thought he was, like, super old. No, John Brown has actually been around for a while. He just was injured a lot. He went in He went in the 2014 draft. He's 28 years old right now. Huh. Um, so, so, yeah, he'll be 29, and Cole Beasley will be 30. So, actually, they're not that far different. To me, I was like, oh, John Brown's our young buck, and Cole Beasley's, like, our veteran, like, Anquan Bolden, who's going to retire during training camps kind of situation. Um. I don't know. I mean, I I have not been upset by any of the moves that the Bills have made. Um, we should also talk about Antonio Brown, though, because that's like a whole that's like a whole thing. So he was also at one point connected to the Bills. Um, was it late last Thursday? Yeah, he was connected. All right. It was reported that the Bills had come to an agreement with the Steelers to trade for Antonio Brown. Then shortly thereafter, um, it was reported that Antonio Brown said he would refuse to report to the Bills if he was so traded. So the Bills walked away, and then after some teasing that he was going to reveal his new team soon, he was traded to the Raiders. So there's a lot of rumors surrounding this. Like, I, I too have heard the story of, like, Brown heard he was going to go to the Bills and he, he wouldn't report. But, like, so Ian Rappaport first reported it super late Thursday night. I got all excited, and then like a bunch of people were like, no, no, that's not for sure yet, and they actually haven't talked for a while. It's unclear what actually happened. I'm I'm inclined to believe that Antonio Brown did what you said. Um, his agent has come out and been like, he didn't do that. We didn't even know about it, whatever. Um, either way, it seems like in a lot of ways, Antonio Brown kind of dictated what happened to him. Like The Steelers obviously couldn't keep him because he was a PR nightmare. He's a locker room cancer. And it seemed like he had the power to say, "I want to go here. I want to go here, and I want this much money." So can I just He's... can I just talk about um, 
players in general. Yes, I understand it's a team sport, but if you're a player, okay, I know you want to win, but shouldn't you want to say, look and take on the challenge and say, hey, this team isn't doing well. I could be the difference maker, and I could be the one that makes them win. Instead, I think some players do, like, but I don't think like, Antonio so, Brown does. But, like, so, where's the heart? For Antonio Brown, one of the other things I heard, which could have been why the Bills deal fell through, is because they were not willing to, this is all speculation, sign him to be the highest paid wide receiver in the league. And yeah. so he, Antonio Brown apparently wants two things in his life. To pad his individual stats, his team be damned, and... B, to be the highest paid receiver in the game. He has even come out and said he doesn't really care about football. He does not need football. He just wants to... Yeah, that's the guy, the attitude I want to throw money at. It's very confusing to me because he's such a skilled and talented player. But, like, if I was the Bills, and I know we're talking a lot about the Bills, but I'll have some other comments... We're from um, Buffalo, guys. It's just it's how it goes. I don't know if I would want that in my locker room. And apparently that was one of the reasons why the Steelers were having a really hard time trading him because people were not willing to take on the diva mentality and the locker room cancer, not to mention the potential that a guy who said he doesn't care about football would just refuse to report someday if it doesn't go his way. Like, you don't need that. If you want to know how to get be the highest played player, there's a formula. It's 10% luck. 20% skill, 15% concentrated power and will, oh my gosh. 5% pleasure, 50% <laughs> pain, and 100% reason to remember the name. Um, so that just happened. Um, but well, His ego to... can be seen from space. <laughs> Antonio Brown's, not, not, not tactics. Antonio Brown's ego can be seen from space. And there's and a part why. of me that sympathizes with Steelers fans. And I'll get some flack for this because I know a lot of people are just like, oh, we don't like the Steelers. They've won so much. They don't deserve to be good anymore. But can you imagine having Bell and Brown in the same season doing their no. shenanigans? Like, <laughs> come on. No. Have you heard all the stuff about Bell? Bell, or not Bell, Brown. Brown, like got in trouble last year because he almost killed a kid because he was throwing stuff out of his apartment window and just like landed on the street and like almost killed a kid he's just wacko he's a he's i i hate to say it and i shouldn't make fun of it because people are already saying like he's going to be a cte case down the road i don't know if that's true i think he might just be i think his ego can be seen from space i think it's as simple as that a lot of the time um i mean he calls himself mr big chest have you heard this yeah, Mis- that's 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 so a real weird. nickname that he gave himself, Mister Big Chest. He's also called himself the franchise, which, you know, could probably be true for for some team, maybe even be true for the Raiders. I don't know. Um, like it's just crazy to me that you have guys like Antonio Brown, and then you have Julio Jones, who's just quietly putting up numbers, not super quietly, but like he's just as good, if not. I mean, he might not be better, but he's just as good. Well, I always think of Marvin Harrison. Because, like, I, I remember when I was – and he's obviously many years out of the league at this point. But, like, he was Peyton Manning's guy in Indianapolis. And he would just, like – when he caught a touchdown, he would catch the touchdown. And, like, there was no celebration. It was just – he just give the ball to the ref and, like, trot to the bench. You never heard a single 
bad thing about him in the press. He was just like, he had his head down. He wanted to play football because he loved the game. And that was who he was. And like, it was great. I thought it was great. Um, I think, and I know that you put your body on the line if you play football and you're entitled, entitled to think for yourself and about yourself. But at some point, I feel like the big star players who are just super talented, like even OBJ, I feel like they just, they're so self-centered. I can't help but feel like they don't actually love the game. They love the star power that comes from the game, but they don't love the game, which is kind of sad. They, But they do love themselves. Right. Um, I'm not saying they shouldn't get paid either. They should get paid, especially guys like Antonio Brown going up for... Derek Carr is going to throw a bunch of hospital balls this year. That's just that's just how football is. Um, so you know, I, I wish him the best, but at the same time, he badmouthed, he implicitly badmouthed Buffalo, so he can he can go to hell. Um, <laughs> we're pretty much out of time, I think, but we need to talk about the fantasy movie league. So, um, I yeah, take us take us through there. There have been some bad weeks for the past few weeks for everybody but myself. I was um, going to say, not for you. <laughs> Illegal twice forgot to set a lineup. In a row, guys. To the bottom of the standings. Then, when all hope seemed lost and dashed, this past week, Tectic forgot to set a lineup too. Try to keep it interesting. So, On Captain Marvel weekend, he forgot to set. He wanted to keep it interesting. I appreciate it. I am currently reigning victorious. Um, I will say, I have to toot my own horn a little bit. What was it, two weeks ago? I actually had the perfect Cineplex. Like, it was the top Cineplex lineup. And the only reason I didn't get first overall in, like, all of Fantasy Movie League was because the tiebreaker I was not close with. But, like, I had the perfect Cineplex. So can I challenge you? What? Don't do it for a week. (laughs) Why would I do that? Because you're, you're ahead by a hundred million dollars. Well, yeah, maybe, so let's look at the. Maybe you guys should just set your lineups. I, I after the two weeks that I missed, I set an alarm on my phone, so I will never be forgetting again. But let, let's check the big board on the season. Um, uh, first of all, Nerd Bomber and I. Oh, what the heck! I thought I had leapfrogged Tactic. I did not. Tactic, you're still in second place. What 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 happened? Um, it gives, anyways, it gives you the lowest you can get with a lineup if you don't. Oh, set it to keep if you don't lineup. set it, it still gives you something. Yeah. Well, I think I speak for all of us when I say that is some hot garbage. Well, no, um, it gives you the lowest you can get from a from a set of movies that are playing. So, which is realistic, right? Because if you if you that's why you're still in it, Mister Two Weeks. Uh. I'm looking at the standings now, and I'm really confused by what you're saying. Because it looks like... The win- oh, all right. All right, fair enough. Um, I stand corrected. Anyways, I'm in last place. Let me make that clear. Me and Nerdbomber both have three individual wins, and yet I'm in last place. Tactic only has two individual wins. Nerdbomber's at $602 million, A far cry from Frank's $490 million. And I'm at 462 and a half in striking distance. Um, outlook is pretty bleak in terms of any of us catching Nerd Bomber, I would, I would say. She can make it interesting. She could make it interesting. I'm just not going to do that. 
what were the weeks that I missed? Because now I'm looking back at it, and I'm trying to see. Because there was one week where I only filled five screens, and I guess it must have been that week where it just didn't fill my other three screens for me. Um, and I got nine hundred, or sorry, nine million dollars, which is not a lot. Um, in any case, I'm going to lose. I'm going to make it public now. I'm going to lose this. And I'll never be able to live it down. Uh, Nerd Bomber, any more bragging you want to do? I'm going to be humble and wait until my legitimate victory. And then she will be not humble. Yep. And you'll hear it here. Probably live at that point. It's like two weeks from now that it ends, right? I think so, yeah. Um, so get hyped. Get hyped for that. And... Uh, We'll talk at you again then. Alrighty. Well. That's it for us. Have a wonderful week. Goodbye.